And welcome back to another episode of Experience Me and your boy, uh, It's me, Joe. And we are talking about one of the two big films that are coming out this weekend, or uh, around time, which is uh, Oppenheimer and uh, Barbie. So we had to choose to one of the two, and we decided to bite the bullet and go with the longer one, which is Oppenheimer. Yeah, uh, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, the... sorry, I... I... I, my my German is not good. <laughs> well, I mean, it's whatever. It's a, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, this is the latest Christopher Nolan movie. Mm-hmm. You know, after Tenet, uh, he decided to do a sort of bio uh, biography. A biopic. Biopic, if you will, yeah. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Of uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer, the uh, so-called father of the atomic age. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one of the lead scientists. In the, the Manhattan Project that led to the creation of the atomic bomb during the uh, uh, Second World War. Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of uh, history talk here. A lot. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, probably not too much. No, so no, hopefully, no, 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 no. Uh, You know, but it, it's a very... Uh, it's an interesting movie. Yeah, it's a very interesting it movie. It is not like what I think most people tend to think it's going to be. Which, I don't know why. I feel like we all kind of knew this is going to be centered around Oppenheimer and his, you know, role as the creator of, uh, of the, you know, the, the atom bomb. But also, like, what I think people didn't realize what, what it was also going to be about, his role as being the guy who helped make the atom bomb. Yeah, it's his, I wouldn't say it's his life story, but it's definitely his it, journey... <laughs> You know, as a scientist going through all this stuff, uh, becoming a professor at the uh, uh, University of California at Berkeley, you know, all this stuff. You know, just a lot of, like, his sort of life, both in the scientific community and, heck, even politically, he and sort of the, the after effects of, mm-hmm. you know, the creation of the bomb, the ramifications, all this and that and stuff. It's, 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 just, it's more than just... Making the bomb. Yeah, like, the the making of the bomb is the, I guess, the... Like, if you were to frame this in a hero's journey-esque sort of storytelling, yeah. it's the call to adventure, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the thing that brings uh, Oppenheimer and all these other scientists that he knows and have them work together and, like, all the military people that come into the yeah. background and all that stuff. Of, you know, that's sort of the... The incident that brings stuff together, like, and obviously, you know, it's because it's set, you know, during that period of World War Two, we get, you know, bits of historical information, you know, Germany invades Poland, uh, you know, this is that, they make mentions of various other historical events, of, you know, Pearl Harbor, you know, all this stuff, but it's mainly just focused on Oppenheimer and, you know, the crew he's assembled yeah. to it's- help make the bomb. And not just that, but it's also, like, the ramifications of the bomb but and, like, you know, Oppenheimer's role in history, right? Because this is a... The thing is, this is a three-hour-long movie. Um, a part of that is, is dedicated to the beginnings of forming the Manhattan Project, to them being in the Manhattan Project and the afterwards of the, of the Second World War and sort of Oppenheimer's, you know again, role in history afterwards. You know, there, there's, 
because Oppenheimer isn't isn't just the or isn't just our the character we follow. There's another another character by the name of uh, uh, his uh, last name was Strauss. Strauss, yes. Yeah, I, you know they they come acquainted with each other. Uh, it's kind of it's it's not like a tale that's like told from his perspective, and then you get Oppenheimer's perspective. It's more like uh, Strauss, whose role is like he's getting selected to be part of the. Uh, a secretary, part of the, you know, the mm-hmm. chamber of the White House, you know, all that stuff, you know, being declared a secretary and all that stuff. And he's sort of recounting his time with Oppenheimer, how he uh, selected him to be a uh, leading scientist at, his, at an institute, you know, all this stuff. So, you know, they've had, like, their stories will cross here and there and mm. we'll get, they won't get, like, the same, we'll get the same scenes, kind of, but, like, from their perspectives and Christopher Nolan does in a way where it's like clearly this is meant from his perspective and this is uh you know uh, Oppenheimer's perspective the the person he plays is Louis Strauss that's a Robert Dyer Jr.'s character mm-hmm. uh political figure uh questionable I guess history at this point but as we tend to do with these uh conversations about film we like to start off with at least uh, a minute of our thoughts on the film and then we can go into further discussion so Joe what would you not start us off with all right so Christopher Nolan has once again uh, made a very uh, fantastic movie, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, it hits all sort of the right beats I think Nolan wants to do with his movies. Like you, it, you can clearly tell that this is a Nolan project, and it's it's like we like said, it's not going to be this super bombastic big thing. It's a very sit down. Uh, very explain the science kind of thing, but not in like super overt stuff. Uh, the acting's great, the visuals are great. Um, it's just sort of like it's a quintessential Nolan experience. And if you're a big fan of Nolan, you'll always like this. If you're not into Nolan's projects, I don't think this would convince you to be a fan of his. It's very like the best thing I can say is that if you're looking for a Nolan film, this is. Peak Nolan to me. Mm-hmm. All right, and then that gives up to my uh, one-minute uh, thoughts. So I really, really enjoyed this movie. This is one of those movies that really, you know, utilizes everything to its to to its nth degree. You know, uh, the visuals are striking. There's a lot of great cinematography. Uh, for me, I really love the sound design. The sound design in this film was bar none the be- one of the best things to see from this film uh the the way they use you know the, there's a moment I, w- I won't go into but there's a moment in the movie where it, it, i feel like that it, it, this kind of encapsulates the, the entire what i mean by the sound design is amazing uh everyone here in in Oppenheimer is well acted you get a a plus performances from everyone whether it be a big role or a small role um one issue I do have is that there are times where I do feel like the pacing kind of slows it down. And part of that has to do uh, with it being told through two, two different lines. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, where do you want to start in this conversation, Joe? Uh, obviously, you said that if this isn't, if you're not into Nolan, this will not convince you. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, <clears throat> I feel like Christopher Nolan's uh, films, I guess. Uh, have always been sort of, um, I wouldn't say down to earth, but mm. they have a lot of 
like sit down and like discuss and the talking kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? Like it's a very I wouldn't say Oppenheimer is like a super intellectual like oh you have to be smart or you have to you know it's like one of those like the memes of like oh you need to have a certain high high IQ to understand Rick and Morty kind of thing. No, you don't. Actually, if anything, uh, the movie definitely like makes the nuclear science and theories of relativity and all that stuff explainable to the general audience. Like Oppenheimer talks to various people who straight up will ask him like. So, like, you know, civilians are, you know, basically just like, so how does this whole theory of relativity, like, how does this nuclear fission stuff work? It's like, you know, he gives sort of a detailed explanation, and uh, we even get, like, these visual shots of, like, like, visual metaphors of, like, yeah how, you know, all this stuff works, and it's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. That actually makes it easier to, easy for the general audience that's not, like, super um, into, like, figuring out like the science behind making a bomb like the nuclear bomb work right mm -hmm. um but yeah no it's sort of like that's sort of like like it's not like super high intelligence but i think it's more like there's a lot of just characters talking about the situation and like figuring out this and that and if you're not really into that sort of thing you're here just to see mm -hmm. nolan attempt to nuke a freaking desert then um I mean, that's yeah, you're not really gonna get that. I mean, yeah, the the moment when they test, you if know, the your heat. only exposure, and I'm sorry to interrupt, mm. if your only exposure to Nolan is The Dark Knight, this is not for you. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if your only exposure to Christopher Nolan's movies have been The Dark Knight trilogy, mm -hmm. yeah, no, uh, this this isn't The Dark Knight trilogy. It's its own thing, mm -hmm. you know, and that's sort of I think. Uh, the nice thing about Nolan, yeah. right, is that he got to do his spin on Batman. People loved it, and you know he got to move on to do other things he likes. And well, he probably got like sort of more mainstream appeal because of the Dark Knight trilogy. There's obviously going to be people that are just like, well, this doesn't feel like the Dark Knight at all. I don't like this. You know, it's too, mm -hmm. it's too sit down and talky to me. Where's, where's all the explosions? And it's like, well, we're building up to the explosion, buddy. Well, I mean that, and also if you wanted a movie about explosions, go watch a Michael Bay movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, if Michael Bay was directing this movie and it was like this, I'm like, Michael, what happened to the explosion? I thought we were going to... But no. Um, uh, yeah, this movie, I think it's like you said earlier, uh, definitely has a bit of a slow pace to it. I know people have issues with that, and that mm -hmm. you can definitely feel the three hours... And I kind of disagree to an extent. Mm -hmm. For me, it did not feel like I was like there in the movie theater for three hours. Yeah. Up until there's a sudden, like, the final, so I guess, third of the movie, where you sort of come to the ramifications that Oppenheimer has to deal with, as well as the conclusion of a... Uh, uh, Robert Downer Jr.'s uh, character, uh, Dr. Strauss's whole sort mm -hmm. of uh, plot yeah. line, where I'm kind of like, yeah, this kind of drags a little bit. Like, we didn't... It feels like you could maybe cut out this last 30 minutes mm -hmm. and just have it be a big summation of certain things, because the movie more or less sort of ends on a bit of a more, like... 
a bit of an open ending kind of. I would I would say. It, it ends in a warning. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess that would make sense. Like it's the character sort of realizing. Yeah. It, you know, like yeah, mm-hmm. um, because it's Albert Einstein and him, and they have a conversation that sort of reflects, sort of like, yeah, we're now in a new age, the the, the atomic age, and. Mm-hmm. Things are gonna be different now. Yeah, it's it's not like uh, like a post credit scene or anything like that. It's more like they 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 had a conversation and it just it reflects back onto uh, especially at the end. Like, is there ever a moment where mm-hmm. the movie has a message? This is where the message is. Yeah, right. It, it took a while to get to that message though. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I know I'm I'm 100 agreeing with you. Um, uh, I do think that this is a movie that. If you're not into like Christopher Nolan flicks, uh, this probably wouldn't be the best for you, uh, because of the long the runtime. I I mean I enjoyed it. I th- I'm I'm with the I think I'm I'm with you on the fact that towards the end it did get a little draggy. Uh, for me it was especially when everything started coming together. It's like oh it makes sense. I I get it now. I it all comes together. But it, there's still a bit of that dragginess towards it. Um, obviously we gotta talk about Oppenheimer's role in um. In the creation of the atom, uh, of the atomic uh, atom bomb, um, so not only was he the person who like brought together all these scientists, but he's also the one who had to like essentially speak for them and speak on the use of the atomic bomb. Uh, that is essentially the second half of the film. Its entire dedication to it. It's just like, should we, you know, use this bomb? And if we do, you know. How do we go about it? Because I think that's something I, I think a lot of people didn't come to think about when it comes to the movie, is the the morality of the atom bomb, right? Which this movie essentially says, like, yeah, it was a difficult situation. Like, there's this there there's a moment, um, especially like uh, amongst uh, the fellow scientists and Oppenheimer himself, it's that if we don't use this, someone will. We have to, like, you know, ha- we have to use this bomb. Not, not only are we just in war, but if we don't, the other side is also working on their bomb, and they could screw, they can hit us. Right? Yeah, you know, because um, historically, the, the Nazi Germany was working on a nuclear program, so, and that was what propelled i mean heck there was the they even mentioned with uh, albert einstein you know that he wrote a letter to the president at the time uh frank uh, fdr uh that hey you know germany could you know with the power of nukes you know they could build a nuclear bomb that's something you Mm got to worry about so that sort of is kind of one of those things that spurs this whole like okay uh you know like, there's a moment in the movie where they're like, oh, German scientists have found a way to split the atom, right? Yeah. Which is like, that only needs one thing, a bomb. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there is that sort of building tension of, like, will the scientists, you know, be able to get a working nuke going before the, the Nazis do? Uh, obviously, history, you know, shows that they did. And, you know, the thing about the nuclear bomb was that, you know, it was basically completed after Germany had surrendered during the war, and the only uh, enemy combatant they would able to use it on was the Japanese. And, mm. you know, that's uh, led to a long uh, debate 
you know, during and, you know, after the nukes were used on Japan, that, hey, was it necessary? Did we, did the U.S. really need to use the bombs? They acknowledged the fact that the, that we could have, that maybe it wasn't a good idea, maybe we shouldn't have done it, right? They, they acknowledge, like, all the points that people have brought up about the, the use of the bomb, like, you know, give it a couple of days, they'll, they'll give up. But what they know. Well, I mean, yeah, there's there's always, uh, and there's probably, like, various, um, different historical videos, you probably look, up, look this up, but, yeah, there is, like, this whole thing of, oh, the Japanese would fight to every last man, woman, child, basically, so you gotta have to use them to, like, stop, it was, it, there's a, you know, the characters themselves in the movie have this debate, they even... You know, have the historical thing of, um, mm -hmm. you know, deciding on which cities to hit and realizing there isn't any, any cities that are, like, of military significance. And if they are, they're too small of a target to even waste the bomb on. So, you know, yeah, they, they do a lot of, like, showing that, yes, the people in the room understood the consequences and sort of had a discussion of, like, Hey, is this a good like what what would be the best way to do this if at all? Yeah, and they've it's it, it it's a very like you know difficult conversation to have, and it's not like they're all like you know fuck it let's just bomb it. No, it's like no we gotta really think about this guys. Well, yeah, there's even um uh in that whole uh, debate thing they like uh I forget I think he's like the Secretary of Defense, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know the name of the character. Uh, the, the, yeah, the person, yeah. Yeah. But he, was, he immediately crosses off Kyoto, which I believe at the time was the capital of Japan. Mm -hmm. um, where it was like, yeah, we can't use it on that. It's too culturally significant to the Japanese, you know? It's like, oh, wow, okay, you actually you know, thought about it. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, but also, like... You could also argue that Hiroshima and Nagasaki were not as, like, militarily mm -hmm. significant as one would assume. You know, there's a lot of uh, digging into the debate, and that's why, you know, it's still kind of a thing when you talk about the use of the nuclear weapons, right? Yeah. In World War Two, it's sort of one of those things like, well, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you... It's an interesting topic to discuss, and it's something you probably, like, you can never get a real, like, right solution because the whole use of it is such a not black and white issue. It's a, it's this, it's probably the grayest, you know, yeah, uh, decision you could possibly make, right? Yeah, and uh, it's. It's interesting, right? It's the fact that they were they're at least able to acknowledge that kind of stuff. Um, speaking of uh, grays, this movie, like I like we talked about, is is mostly talked about talked through uh, the perception perspective of, of Oppenheimer, but it's also uh, Louis Strauss. And I'll say, I I started to notice this a little bit as we go along, right? Because it's kind of hard not to notice that whenever we're talking to Louis Strauss, it's from his perspective. It's very black and white, right? Mm -hmm. While Oppenheimer's is very, you know, much in color. And 
part of me wondered why until it starts to reveal it's much more later. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a interesting choice. Um, yeah. You you could argue the way they use uh, the color is just that's this is how Strauss sees the world mm-hmm. in sort of blacks and whites. You know, of this is right, this is wrong, mm-hmm. while Oppenheimer it has you know the full color spectrum. He even has you know those uh, scenes early on where he's like dreaming about all these like space stuff and like mm-hmm. you know like, explosions and stuff about that. You know, like showing that he has a bit more open-minded and like that mm-hmm. allows. I guess you could read it as it allows him to like have the mental capacity of figuring out how to make the atom bomb, right? Yeah. It's it's it, it, I'll say this when when it, it's a very interesting like a uh, uh, decision to to go with that. Now I'm obviously going to talk about my favorite aspect of the film is the sound design, because a lot of people are are hyping themselves up for the atom bomb explosion, right? Uh, not to say it disappoints, but you also have to remember it's still an explosion. <laughs> it's uh, it's. It's shot beautifully, but it's still, like, you know, um, harkens to that furiosity and that dangerousness. And the reason I bring up the sound design earlier is because the way the sound just hits you with the explosion really, like, gives you, like, an idea, like, wow, not just, just just how devastating this power is, right? But my most favorite part is, and I'm not going to spoil the scene, right? It's it's a scene that comes afterwards that really emphasizes not only Oppenheimer's um, thoughts at the moment after the after the explosion, but also like the it gives you an idea of the devastation and how it just sneakily like comes into you with that sort of a uh, aspect. It, it's it's done in a very like amazing way. It's 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 one of my favorite moments of the film. Um, I don't know about you. Uh, do you. Do you have anything to add on to that? Um, I guess, yeah, in terms of sound design, um, yeah, there's lots of uh, interesting music choices. Like, like you, you can feel the tension all the time, I think, because yeah. of the music. Like, it always has this sort of frenetic pace to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, sort of, like, things are happening, and, you know, especially when they start the whole sequence of, like, getting ready to test the trinity bomb mm-hmm. um you know there's like you know the anticipation but also sort of just the this like because uh, i mean obviously in real like obviously we know in real life you know the tests were successful they you know they use the bombs and everything but in the movie you sort of like get that sort of suspense of like well uh one of the scientists was like you know, there's like a less than 0% chance that we might accidentally destroy the atmosphere, thus destroying the world, if we set this thing off. Yeah. And it's sort of just like, oh, well, that seems bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they don't stop to, like, they don't, like, tiptoe around and they're like, yeah, we're working on an atom bomb. This shit is dangerous as hell. Right? Yeah. And... No more is in that scene because there's they're like, uh, you guys do know this could fuck us over, right? Like, oh well, we better make sure that doesn't happen. And they take time to acknowledge like, 
yeah, this is how dangerous it is. And, you know, they, they try and, you know, they acknowledge it and they're like, you know, you have to work around it and make sure it doesn't happen. Well, yes, it's also just sort of like, well, this is all in theory, right? Mm-hmm. And we won't know until we actually test it. Which is, I think, one of the interesting things, because it, it shows that Oppenheimer's more of a, more, like, comfortable in working things out in theory than in, um, than being, a uh, part of the experiments. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think he sets up the whole Los Osmos uh, facility that he has built in, you know, uh, New Mexico. As like there are four different divisions, you guys work on how the thing's gonna blow up. You guys yeah. work on the theories of it, you know this stuff and that stuff. You know they split it into four different teams, but yeah, you know, um, like I said, back to the sound design. You know, yeah, I agree. There's a lot of uh, interesting like booming effects and like you sort of like even when there isn't like uh, I guess things that are like super serious, mm-hmm. it still plays with the sound design almost like yeah, the movie is about the creation of an atomic bomb there's a lot of so in a way it kind of builds around a lot of like having these sort of like booming sounds every now and again mm-hmm. during certain scenes to like sort of increase the tension and, and stuff like that you know yeah it's the, the sound does not stop and the sound just keeps amplifying and yeah <clears throat> that was another aspect of this movie that uh i think a lot of people just uh tend not to, like, notice is, well, not notice, but, like, tend to forget, um, sort of the politics of it, too, right? Um, the, the events afterwards and, like, the, the discussions of, of nuclear, of the nuclear arms race, because they established that Oppenheimer, while being, you know, the creator of it and understanding of it, um, is, and willing to, you know, continue research, understands that, hey, um, Making more weapons probably isn't a good idea. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, his whole thing was, you know, he understood his job of, you know, the U.S. government wanted him and a bunch mm. of other scientists to help fuel, you know, make an atomic bomb to beat the, you know, the Germans. And, you know, once that mission was complete, mm. it, it very much was uh, kind of like, well, now is, you know, because there's all, you know, the politics of World War Two you know, like, the U.S. was, you know, in an ally, it was allied with uh, Britain and Russia, but Russia was, you know, it was the Soviet Union at the time, and uh, the Americans didn't like communists a whole lot. They dove deep into, like, um, Oppenheimer's sort of relationship with uh, communists in general, that he actually uh, knew quite a few in uh, that were living in America, and it kind of leads into this second half you know like you're saying about the the aftermath where it's like well the russians were able to build a bomb and it turns out uh somebody that was working on you know the project manhattan project was indeed a russian spy so now it's like leads to this whole thing of like did oppenheimer know was he complicit with it you know like it's a lot of you know that's sort of where that second Mm -hmm. half of that story goes but it also, like, leans into, yeah, I don't want, you know, he's like, Oppenheimer's like, yeah, I don't want us to, like, the U.S. to start an arms race, because that, you know, for for him, it feels like it's provoking the Russians to 
also build up into an arms race, thus, you it's know. Like, it's, it's so, so it, it harkens back to the Cold War era where, you I mean, know, it's the start. It's, yeah. Well, I mean, like, for, it's the start of Cold War, but what I'm saying is that if you know the basics of the Cold War era, it's the nuclear arm race. And he essentially is saying, you know, what we all thought. It's like, if one didn't start, then the other wouldn't have responded, right? But that's not how that works. And it, it, it makes sense what, where he was seeing it from, like, like he was, he was not, not just being ahead of time, but, like, he, he sees the writing on the wall, right? That because, like, the Nazis started doing it, we didn't respond, and we were, like, lucky enough that either we had smart enough people or mishaps that we were that they were able to, you know, create the atom bomb. Now that we're working on the hydrogen, and we're kind of not that in a great relationship with, with you know, with Russia, it makes, and, like, obviously they're going to start doing their stuff, and then, then it's going to be, like, you know, a back-and-forth kind of thing. So, that he... It's establishing that he saw the writing on the wall, and most people just are like, yeah, but we want to be a, you know, we don't want to be left behind. We want to be ahead of the curve. And even then, at the beginning, way before, after the bomb, he's like, you know, we got to make sure that we establish that we can't be doing this kind of stuff. Even he brings it up a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. So, it's that kind of thing, you know, that, that there's a lot of poly... And you know, as when it comes to the Cold War, there's also the Red Scares, the the fear of you know the rise of communism, and people being blacklisted for either being associated with a communist or being outright communist. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like where some the more political stuff comes in for this movie. I mean, yeah, like I think it makes sense because it is a, a historical film. Yeah. As well, you know. And also, you know, it does lean into, yeah, Oppenheimer uh, considered himself friends with a lot of people who who were communists. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, because of stuff like the Red Scare, and, you know, it definitely put a lot of uh, politicians and stuff at the time to sort of question, like, whether or not, you know, Oppenheimer was even loyal to the U.S. if he was, uh, you know, that sort of thing, you know, with, like, a, like a Russian spy or, like, was implicit with... Because obviously they discussed that, yeah, no, a uh, Russian spy got into uh, the Manhattan Project. They stole the secrets, basically, mm-hmm. and that's how they were able to start, like, get, you know, catch up with the U.S. in terms of a uh, nuclear program. Exactly. You know, so it, it brings a lot of that stuff into it, and it's kind of, it is a neat exploration, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it shows, like, I think a, a different side that I think most people who... Um, have a passing idea of how uh, the Manhattan Project worked mm-hmm. and sort of like layers in like, oh, okay, this is why this stuff like mattered and why it's complicated and, you mm-hmm. know, the whole like political like background to it all. You know, that's sort of like it lays all that stuff out. You know, it's very, I, I pretty much doesn't really take much of a side. It's more like just lays out kind of like how it went in more or less in, yeah. in, in history you know mm-hmm. and it's it's a tough one right because some people got involved who were like weren't really that involved and Oppenheimer is clearly one of those because it's he it's not that he didn't support communism uh, well actually no they don't even say he was supported in the movie did he 
No, if if anything, he considered himself very open-minded to a lot of things, and they even have discussions of, like, I... Because he's very much, like, talks to, I think, uh, I think his first wife that he had, and that he was, like, very much of, a, like, I don't really like to, you know, tie myself to various ideals. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have an open mind about a lot of things, and I do agree with some of the stuff, like, you know, communism talks about. I even read the original, like, books or whatever that sort of thing like I just, I've read like a lot of things into it and there's some stuff I agree with some stuff uh you know I don't really get basically. yeah yeah it's it's one of those things where like it's it's more or less shows that he's an open-minded person yeah and you know it's that sort of open-mindedness that kind of uh thus leads to people who have these sort of uh prejudices and suspicions to lead into were you a communist and it's like well no I just was friends with some of them. That doesn't yeah. mean I was one, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where like, well, you don't seem to be against it, so are you with them? I'm like, no, I just I just happen to be friends with a lot of them. I don't agree with I them. I mean, I think I believe his brother was a communist, but then left the party. Yeah, is is how they explained it in the movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they even use try to use that as like a thing against him, like. Like, oh, well, your brother was a communist. So what does that say about you? And mm-hmm. it's like, well, he left the party a long time ago. Don't worry. You know, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Oh, your wife was a party member. Like, well, she's not anymore. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, yeah. So there's, there's a, like I said, there, there's a lot about in this movie that not only just focuses on him, you know, getting the group together to make the atom bomb, the use of the atom bomb, but there's also the politics of, like, that comes, that, that was attached to Oppenheimer after the bomb that like you know his view on you know the nuclear arms race as to why it should be you know obviously not should be like a thing uh should be avoided at all costs uh, avoided at all costs because he he sees like i said he studies the right and wrong he he understands how all this kind of works he you know hence the father name the father of the atomic age he gets it but also like where the world is at the moment right you know, at the moment, it was, like, very much against the Nazis, because we can all agree, you know, screw them. Uh, but also, hey, you know, we just want to avoid all, you know, you know, not not be, you know, runner-ups. So let's, you know, get a, get a one-up on them. And that's kind of how, you know, this, this the, the film t- to tell you, it's a, it's, it's a very complicated situation. It's not as simple as it being just black and white, right? And, you know, I, I think it's a really, if it's anything to, to tell, there's a moment where they do talk about um, the guy who created the Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize, uh, whose first name I'm forgetting because his last name is Nobel. It's Alfred. Alfred Nobel. Nobel? Yeah. Yeah, so if you guys don't know, he not only created the Nobel Peace Prize, but he did it as a response to creating uh, the dynamite. Yeah, he invented dynamite and... The story went that uh, he had uh, his when his brother died, people thought that he had died, and they wrote obituaries and saying that the merchant of death is dead. You know, like the <laughs> yeah. guy who created dynamite and was single hand. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, and you know, dynamite was used in wars all the time, and it's like, hey, this guy who basically created a, a weapon of war mm-hmm. is dead, and you know, it made him feel bad, right? Because yeah. it's like that's not how he wanted to be remembered. So he dedicated all the money he had to like creating the Nobel Peace uh, Prize and, like, promoting 
various sorts of those mm. kind of efforts, right? Yeah. Which is still around today, you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, they, they do sort of kind of hearken, like, I think it's the, uh, the general, uh, played yeah. by Matt Damon, who I think was the head of the Pentagon. Yeah. Uh, he mentions stuffing about, like, to Oppenheimer's, like, well, you don't want to do this, you know, like, you want to try to be Alfred Nobel or something, you know, like, not use yeah. the stuffing. And Oppenheimer sort of just goes, well, he did invent dynamite, you know. So, yeah, that's, it, it's an interesting, uh, segue, I guess. Yeah. As to, like, uh, <laughs> no, I, I just always, I just thought that was a very interesting, like, moment in the movie where, like, not only is it acknowledging that Oppenheimer himself, um, is the creator of the, uh, of the atom bomb, but is also one of the most advocated people to be against the uses of. He draws a very good parallel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's kind of where he's at, right? He he understands why he had to make it, but it doesn't mean he has to like it. <laughs> well, yeah, I yeah. think that's mm. that is sort of mm. the film stance on on yeah his views, right? Even the people that worked on it, while having a very like, you know, questionable like reasonings they they all did it for what essentially was for a, a, a I wouldn't I wouldn't say a greater good but you know you know they th they thought they did what they thought was right yeah i mean yeah. there was even um like it's clearly showing that there are there are scientists that didn't agree with that and heck there's even a uh, a portion of the uh, movie dedicated to a group of scientists that were based in Chicago that uh, Oppenheimer visited Mm -hmm. that were very keen on, like, having him try to convince uh, the U.S. government not to use the atomic bombs now that Germany had surrendered, because mm -hmm. that was the whole point of starting the nuclear program was to beat the Germans. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I think even uh, Rami Malik. Malik is one of those scientists that hasn't tried to sign a petition. He's like, no, I mean, listen, like, I'm going to do my best, but I can't guarantee we can stop stop them from using the bomb now that mm -hmm. we made one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are our thoughts on Oppenheimer. I think that's a good place to end it. Um, what would your rating be for this movie, bro? Uh, Oppen uh, oh, Oppenheimer. Uh, I would say I would kind of lean into it being a 9 out of 10. Because I think at the end of the day, I think it has a lot of the things that make the, like a lot of things that make it good are its acting, its mm -hmm. its writing, the visuals. Like it kind of hits all those like marks that you want to see in a good film. Yeah. You know, like I think it's a very interesting, uh, not only like historical like film and bio uh, biopic of Oppenheimer's life, but it also feels like it's a bit of like an interesting like character study of him as well. Mm -hmm. Of like of his life who this guy was like he, he's a very interesting figure and it's and we get to kind of see that come to life in in this movie you know i i told her i'm 100 agree with you i think a, a 9 out of 10 for me would be the the, the best example uh the best rating for this movie uh this movie not just not only just explores you know his role as you know the father of uh of you know the nuclear age but also like 
the the criticisms and the the follies that come with it there there's moments where he even questions himself as like you know what does this mean for the future what does this mean for you know for us as people you know to to go forward knowing that what we have done and he acknowledges it and you know tries to work with it uh and try to make something better out of it and <clears throat> this movie captures a lot of that and a lot of like parallels a lot of uh, interesting conversations are made with it and i think you know if it wasn't for this the long run time i think it, it, it this despite it being three hours i you know it, it fits well you know the it's the story sold nice and tight um it just feels like it drags on a little bit that's the only issue i have with it um but the the movie is you know has a very good message um it, it tries to you know while also giving you a warning of like you know the future you know, hence, hence, so I mean, like, the like, uh, at the end, there is, like, a poignant, like, hey, guys, you know, this, this, and that kind of stuff, and it works, um, but yeah, 9 out of 10 for me, and yeah, Oppenheimer, it's a movie that you, I think, like, everyone should at least attempt to watch, I know the runtime and, um, can be a bit of a job, but I do recommend watching it, um, whether you watch it on IMAX or not, totally up to you, um, I would say go for it just for the sound design. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be gushing about that sound design for hours, dude. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you like what you heard, be sure to follow us on all social media: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Dixon Turners. We're most active on uh, on Instagram. Uh, be sure to follow when you're there. Be sure to check out the link tree to all the podcast sites we're officially part of, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, all the like, and a link to the YouTube for your other listeners out there who want to put a face to the voice. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And there's a Patreon there for just for support. And yeah, Oppenheimer, um, great, <laughs> it's a good movie, uh, highly recommend it, um, Barbie's cool too, that's all I'm gonna say. Well, I mean, I haven't seen it. I haven't so. seen it either, we're, we're, we're thinking about watching it sometime this week, uh, I doubt we'll do a review on it, but everyone's raving about it, so there you go, that, that's your excuse to go watch, uh, Barbie. Uh, Oppenheimer, just as good, go watch that too. Anyways, we me and your boy Eli. Me, Joe. You guys have a good one, peace.